Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And uh, I didn't have to look at the notes for that intro, and that's probably because we are on the 100th episode of this podcast, John. Yep. Sweet Lord Almighty. Yeah. Uh, it's a little mind-boggling. If I'm being honest, uh, yeah. I didn't even notice, like 100% honesty, I did not notice this was going to be the 100th episode until another member of the team went, what are you going to do for 100th episode? I don't know. I'll worry about it when we get there. Oh, God, we're there. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> now. The time is now. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it It does not feel like 100 for me, but it's been a good time. And we wanted to have an episode... Where instead of talking about 10th edition or community feedback or conquest, because I badly want to talk about that, um, mm -hmm. we instead just kind of take a little bit of time to pull back and talk about us, the show, how it's been for 100 episodes, where we hope it's going to go in the next 100 mm -hmm. episodes, um, and kind of just chit chat about our journey with it. You said another hundred episodes, and my brain went. John, now we're doing uh, way more videos. It's true. We are doing way more videos. But before we do that, as always, hobby time and games played. John, what have you been up to? Other than Baldur's uh, Gate so I mean, yeah, there's been some Boulders Gate 3, but we have Joe HammerCon Labor Day Edition Woo! soon, um, probably. Well, when we're recording it, that's like five days away. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, my life has been dominated by preparing Emperor's Children for Seth, because he would like to play Emperor's Children mm -hmm. for the event. Um, Filthy Heretic. Yep. Phenomenal. Uh, and also, I've been printing the rest of Kriegsman that I'm going to be using for... Uh, the game, like the games. I'm playing Guard. Uh, was going to play Gene Sealer Cult, but like, it's just not in the cards. It's too good. Mm -hmm. It's too good. Especially um, for our play group. I think it just could be a rough play experience. Like, if I was playing against your Eldar, mm -hmm. right, and we were trying to like have a uh, time, cool. But like, we're going to have some new folks at the event. And I don't really want to like bring someone's new game experience, but like, hey, you want to play against Gotcha the Army? Yeah. Um, that's also why I switched to Orcs. I just think you know it's nice to tailor which list you pick, well, which army you pick to maybe like who's around you. Yeah, and it's not like Guard or bad. Guard are still very good. It's just a different game. Like it's a little bit more of what you would expect from like a traditional war game with a guard army. Well, I feel like you understand what uh, guard are going to try to do to you. Mm -hmm. Much like orcs, you understand their game plan. You might not know how you're going to like stop it, but you know what they're doing. As for GSC, and you, can also you, tell, just, you have no clue what the hell is happening to you. And you can visually tell with like, okay, big tank is probably tough. Light tank is probably less tough. Uh, infantry is just infantry. Mm -hmm. Like bigger infantry, bigger infantry. Like, 
it's really not super tough to like recognize what things are. Um, and I know we have a bunch of other players who are wanting to like try out some new stuff. So I'm just gonna bring guard. And also, like I've really like the 3D printer has allowed me to do the guard of my dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been able to actually like play this faction I've loved since I was a kid. And I just keep making stuff for it, and the collection keeps growing, and I'm very into it. Um, so yeah, guard. I might just keep playing guard the whole edition. Hell yeah, we'll see. It's pretty good. I think I might like benefit from just staying on one faction and not hopping around. I think most um, people would like. I think yeah. the tendency of a lot of folks is to jump factions a lot, and I think you find a lot of skill in like the game in general when you sort of go deep with a faction that really like tickles your fancy. Even if they aren't top tier competitive. Yeah. But rather you and try to like wring every bit of goodness out of it with added skill. Right. Um, the other thing I've been working on is terrain. So I'm trying to finish the orc scrapyard. Hell table. yeah. Uh, trying to set that all up. Trying to make an orc biker bar terrain Ooh, piece. Love it. Just a bunch, a bunch of stuff. Like I'm just trying to. We got to have a squig hitching post outside of it. I gotta figure out if I can make that. I don't know if I can do that in a week. No, we'll figure it probably out. Probably not. But I want a squig hitching post. I demand it. <sighs> okay. Uh, well, anyways, I'm gonna keep working through like this orc table. Uh, but yeah, it's it's looking great. Mm-hmm. Like, very excited to have like four tables going and just cycling people of playing games for three days. Like, it's gonna be exciting. I love it. It's always uh an event and it is a treat for me like a special little it's good for game and good for salt it's just nice yeah uh what about you because i know you've been getting ready for stuff too oh buddy have i um in addition to just like house cleaning and stuff because i host which comes with like its own bundle of things that have to be done which like no biggie it is what it is um I have been prepping orcs like a madman. Um, I don't know where we ended the last hobby progress because it all becomes a bit of a blur. But I finished all of the orc boys that I might have had in progress at the last touch point. Uh, And then I primed, sub-assembled, and fully painted a kill rig. Including like your kill rig looks good. Thank you. I'm pretty proud of it. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, the glowy yeah. like OSL stuff happening on like the big magic skull looks pretty good. I think you should take some pictures for our viewers and put them on Instagram so they can see. I'm it. waiting for my lovely lady wife to take pictures of like the many units I have painted, but she is busy because. like being in the matrix or whatever. Yeah, like you can. I think the viewers would love to see your work because your work is arguably, I say that generously to myself, better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I just put, I think you could attain what I'm doing. It's just, you've got to know the, like the sequencing. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, a lot of this isn't like detailed, skilled brushwork or like feathering or anything like that. It's just like composition and order of operations and uh, being willing to like, Spend more time on a thing than you anticipated. Because, God, the kill rig took me way longer than I thought. You also just generally have a brighter painting style. 
Uh, I, the, I do paint them brighter for the orcs especially, but it's because I'm using streaking grime at the end, which I know shoves the colors way down. So Yeah, I still paint stuff dark I, and just go, what about if I keep making it darker? Yeah, I tried that at first, but I found that when I put them on the table, I couldn't tell what it was from like three feet away. So after that sort of experiment where I done goofed because I was doing like dark brown, like earthy browns, and then I put streaking grime on it, and then it just, it was all black. Essentially, like hard to tell what it was. So now I started a very, very bright tone for everything, which means it looks like ass for like 70% of my painting process. It looks terrible. It's like baby's first Mad Max toy. Like it's all bright primary colors. God, it looked awful. But like eventually you put all the streaking grime, you pull that off and then, wow. Uh, that looks better in person. <laughs> <laughs> and then everything pops. So I probably spent 10 to 15 hours on that kill rig after I got the boys done. Um, and then yesterday I did me a unit of three mega knobs in a day. Uh, Ew. Yep. It was, I'm really happy with how they turned out. I was not sure how I was going to paint them. They have been sitting primed for a long time because I just, you ever look at a mini and your brain is sort of like paralyzed by how you're going to approach something like it? Mm -hmm. And for me, it was because yeah, they were like all metaled, which I don't do often. Yeah, I, f I feel uh, that, but with like 200 guardsmen. Um. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> for you, it's all like overcoat, all trench coat. Uh, yeah, it's true. Me, it's because they were all like they're they're mega knobs. They're in like big slab armor. Like, how do how do I how the hell am I gonna paint this and differentiate? And I eventually figured it out. Just I'm running hot off the uh the process of the kill rig. Just like, all right, don't think, just go. Don't think, just paint. You'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just gotta adopt the orc mindset. No think, just go. And uh it worked out. Felt my way out the other side, making ops done in a day. Uh now I'm working on a truck. Um it's got some like boys and uh, a couple goblins hanging off of it. Uh, so I'm going to try to like do some interesting color shifts there from like yellows to oranges. Uh, so I got that primed and then did uh, some blending on like the base body color. And now I'm working my way through the base coats of that before I'll streak and grime it and weather it at the end. Um, I've also been building Gazgul Mag Urug Thraka because he's going in the list. So I am over halfway done building him, but I'm... Like, most of my day is spent painting away, and then when I have to step away from the table, I will then build while I am elsewhere in the house, and come back to the table later. So, he is almost there. Um, so, I'm going to be finishing that truck, and then maybe I paint Gazgul next? Or maybe I paint my wreck truck squig buggy? I don't know. Um, I think if you're under a timetable with Gazgul, you'll enjoy it less. I think that might be the case too, even though him being primed on the table, him being gray on the table just hurts me. Mm, play against me. That might, it just makes more sense. That's a narrative. But I have a feeling everyone's going to try to blow him off the table instantly anyway, so maybe it's just like lost work. Eh, it's all right. Uh, we can, what we'll, we'll do is we'll both put uh, fully gray art, like just like primed and zenith old armies on the table, and we'll pretend like the entire game is just from the perspective of a black and white film. No, it's a black field, and then everyone put up like the white flares, and now it is just like desaturated night fight. All right, that actually sounds cool as fuck, but you know. Yep, you're only seeing in desaturated toads from above. 
narrative. Um, Ew. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I don't know, I feel like I'm doing a lot of hobby progress. It's just there's so many orcs that every unit I do, I put into the builder of like, oh, let's track how many points of orcs I've painted. I paint like 20 models and it tells me it's worth like eight points. Yep. Uh, the pain. But I've watched you play orcs and you absolutely love it. Like you have such a time. I do. It's just. You can't not play this army. So much painting. Although to be yeah, honest. Once I, you're done, you're done. I don't think I would have played this army though. Much like you with guard. If I did not have 3D printer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because I did look at this army when I first got into the game. And I said hell no. Because I do not like older models that like have difficult materials let's say or uh weird proportions or sculpting issues and to be honest orcs is up there for a pretty expensive army like yeah you can do a lot of conversions but like it is yeah kidding it out would have been like six to eight hundred dollars to buy from gw when i first started and a lot of those models wouldn't have been up to my standard of coolness um mm-hmm but the 3D printer solves both of them problems and has helped me immensely. Mm-hmm. Immensely. Um, I think that like the beast snaga stuff, I'm just going to buy from them wholesale because I think it's cool. But um, pretty much everything else is 3D printed by the end of this for me. Which like, hey, saving money. Um, I'm into it. And this week, I'm just going to try to make the last push. I'm going to finish up this truck. Finish building Gazgul, maybe paint up the Rugger Truck Squig Buggy next. I just think, like, stuff that is a big vehicle on the table getting painted first might do the best to, like, make the army look more done. Because, like, stuff like Flash Gits are going to be inside a transport most of the game anyway. For sure. But, uh, yeah, it's going really well. I've just got to do a little bit more 3D printing. I've got to 3D print one hero, and I'm going to 3D print some objective markers for funsies for the weekend. So that... Everyone can see exactly what I'm going for. Um, also, we played our learner games. That we did. And uh, went really well, I feel. Yeah, uh, introducing new people to the game is always a treat. And this time, and with this edition, I think that it's easier than ever. Uh, really, it is not hard to teach a new person how to play 10th edition. Um, if you want to get like super competitive, yeah, it's going to be a lot more interesting. But like normal, basic, casual game, it is very easy to sit down with a thousand points, play a game, and get the gist of what the game is like, and it scales up from there pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I genuinely like this edition when it comes to that. Um, genuinely like this edition when it comes to just playing more casually in general. I think that's a sentiment a lot of people have right now, too, is maybe competitively isn't the greatest, but like... Having a lot of fun with those garage hammer times, mm-hmm. which I think is healthier overall. Yeah. It's kind of why I've been avoiding going to like shops and stuff, because I feel like their experience is far different than my experience. And I don't want it to like yeah. cross trickle to sort of slightly hurt my good time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, I think that if you purposefully build like hyper efficient list you are going to find that some factions do it better than you and you will feel bad about it but if you just build the list the way that you think the army should play 
generally in like a more casual way, it's generally pretty okay. Mm-hmm. There's a couple outliers. Like the big three of Eldar, Custodes, and GC they're called are still like pretty strong. Mm-hmm. With Custodes probably being the least like bully of those. They're still quite good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um we had to make a couple of changes to like help people learn. So we did no like faction stratagems, one thousand mm-hmm. points. We predetermined uh, deployment and mission type to not like overload info. Um, and that made it to where they could focus on the core rules of like, how does everything sequence and how does dice rolling go and mm-hmm. movement and stuff like that, rather than trying to remember all the, uh, like, uh, accoutrement. And I think that like introducing the faction rules, uh, like the faction stratagems and the randomized stuff in game two would be pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's doable because I think the, the core basics of the game work really well, especially for teaching someone new. Yeah. I just don't think it is for many people. It's good to try to overlap learning the base structure and the extras. Cause that's a lot. Yeah. There's just a lot. Yeah. But once you don't a have lot to think about it too. Okay. Command phase. Okay. Shooting phase. How does shooting work? How do I make my attacks? Okay. What's strength versus toughness? How does AP do? What does that do? Like, and then once that, like once you don't have to think about all of that, and that's all on autopilot, now you've got brain space to try to like open up mm-hmm. with stratagems. Yeah, a lot of the game is just how much of the like core can you just remember and fly through so that you can get into the minutia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I mean, we've done it. Like we've gotten to the point where we're just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just tell me your stats. Cool. I'm just doing all the rules. Mm-hmm. Stop me if something is important. Yeah. Stop me if you want to Overwatch. Let's go. Yep. This whole thing. Um. But yeah. God, so much hobby, so much fun. Um. And it it's been a blast. Much like this podcast. And we should probably Ooh. talk about it. Yeah, we're gonna talk about it. John, we do a podcast. Yeah. John, we do I videos guess. now, too. You can call it that. Yeah, I guess you can call it that. <laughs> I, I, what What would you call it? Uh, hanging out with my bud on a Sunday morning. <laughs> it does feel that way. And I hope it feels that way for other people. Um, God, I cannot believe we've done 100 episodes of this. Um. Uh, yeah, it feels like just yesterday we were like, I was recording this in what was functionally a closet in like the Rona time. Uh, I think that's part of why the time feels so like weirdly dilated is because we started during the pandemic. Yeah, like, woo, this became like a way for us to keep engaging with a thing that we loved while like we couldn't engage with it in person. In, in almost any and, like, way, yeah. Yeah, and like got us through that and then after it became like this thing where we were like, oh no, now we can do in-person stuff. So we have to like, <laughs> how do we keep doing this thing that we really enjoy while also going out and doing a thousand things? I mean, answer is we record on Sunday mornings because no one wants our Sunday morning. Yeah. I mean, we figured it out, but other people, and also other people alter don't like being schedule. up early on Sunday morning. So <laughs> remember when we were recording an hour minimum, uh, podcast episodes a week. Uh, during the Rona times? Yeah, sure. Had nothing but yeah. time. 
Yeah, remember we were uh, we did put like uh, Broken Realms, and it was like, hey, here's two hour long episodes. <laughs> like, <laughs> here's seven of them in like three days. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if we've really changed a whole lot. We just did twenty seven videos in a week. I don't know, whatever. It was not it was, whatever. It was, <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, well, I, think, I say with a gun to my head. I think that pretty well sums up a lot of how I feel about the podcast now. Is like, hey, sometimes it's kind of rough, but I enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it is a lot of effort. It's a lot of work. Like, it's a lot of moving schedules around. It's a lot of like researching, making sure we're on the same page, um, doing a lot of like note taking, like keeping. Sometimes I'll listen to a whole audiobook to make sure I have something right. Like, yeah. Which doesn't sound like a chore until you have to do something and you have other stuff you're trying to get done. Like the, the first couple times we had to be like, we had to look at a person in real life and go, "Oh, sorry, I can't do that that day because I have to record a podcast about plastic army men with my friend." Um, was like a weird thing. Weird, I guess. Weird look. Especially when some people look, oh, so like it's popular. Like not really. <laughs> 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 Uh, and like, they'll be like, so why do you still do it? I'm like, well, because like the people who do like it really enjoy it and I really enjoy making it. So like, <laughs> yeah, I think the weirdest thing to tell people outside of it, cause they're used to like when, especially for more like vanilla people, when they hear podcasts, they think like the Joe Rogan show or like one of those other yeah. big ones. I'm like, Oh, like you must make money off of that. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Quite the opposite. Good sir. I lost yeah. money. But I have a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, for me, that is what keeps me going to keep doing these. Is they they keep mm-hmm. being fun. Um, yeah. Well, I think beyond just, like, the fun part. Like, don't be wrong. The fun part keeps me coming back in the seat, turning on the camera, and going. Uh, but after that, I think what really gets me going is how many people, like, complete strangers have reached out to the show and reached out to us in different platforms and just been like, hey, I really enjoy this thing. Like, this is really good. We really appreciate it. Um, You know, just in general. And, like, people I know in my real life who, like, I wasn't super close with before I was doing the show, and, like, they started listening to the show and started talking to me more and were like, oh, like, this is just enjoyable. Or the amount of people I, like, have listened to the show in my personal life, just because, like, they know me, and it has convinced them to learn to play the game, or, like, get into the game, or find enjoyment in these this hobby. Um, that's fulfilling, is, like, being able to make a positive impact in the community as a whole mm-hmm. for, like, wargaming. Because I think often it becomes negative and very much, like, game-focused, when really this all stuff is, like, yeah, it's a game, but it's, it's community-focused. We wouldn't be playing it. Like, if we couldn't, if we can't find opponents, we wouldn't be rolling dice for three hours a game if it wasn't fun. Yeah. And I think for me, that's one of the big realizations is as we've talked about different games, it's like, okay, Warhammer 40k is the biggest game, like, in the tabletop mm-hmm. space. Like, of course, they're yeah. colossal. They're huge. They've got the most market share. They've got the best players. They've got a lot of history. It's, it, you know, it is really big. Um, but through the show I've been able to play other games but also like talking to people and using it as a way to connect with people um and for me one of my 
big sort of aha moments was like, even if Warhammer 40k ended tomorrow, you know, it just deleted from the universe. Tyranid Swarm landed in England, ate the headquarters, it's gone. Um, I would still show up to continue to play these games because there's still cool mm -hmm. people to try to play them with. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a thing I like more and more about the hobby as opposed to just like the statistical math of what is good in any particular system. Instead, just it's and an excuse to get cool people together in a room and have a few laughs, which in an increasingly yeah. online area that can feel isolating, particularly something I noticed during the pandemic. Um, like, I find that highly, highly valuable. And, like, the show is just one part of my own, like, hobby outlook. Um, like, the show is, like, the driving force. If I know I have to do this. Like, I know this is a thing I'm going to be engaging. It's like going to the gym, right? Like, <laughs> you know you're going to be doing this thing. Um, but in order to be able to do that thing, I have to stay relevant. Um, now, that doesn't necessarily mean, like, knowing all the top lists or all the rumors or whatever. Or, like, always staying online. But it does mean that, like, I need to be engaging with it. Like, I need to be painting miniatures. I need to be looking at stuff I want to, like, look forward to. Like, I have to stay positive about what I want to be engaging with on. Mm -hmm. um, and taking, like, conscious effort to engage with it. And in the, in the past, pre-COVID, uh, pre-show pre even, like, I yeah, I love the game. And I always had the armies and I would play them. But I would go, like, a month or two without touching it. And then come back when someone wanted to play a game. Uh, now it's just, it's a constant part of my life. I would call it like my, my main hobby. Like my main engagement is like miniatures, Warhammer, Warhammer, Age of Sigmar, Conquests, like Song of Ice and Fire. Like it all becomes a thing, mm -hmm. uh, much like some people are into cars or in board games. Uh, and it's great. Like it's good to have a craft and like a thing to be constantly working at and trying to get better at. Mm -hmm. Whether that's like painting, whether that's recording or speaking or making a podcast or editing a podcast or whatever. Like all of it's part of the same craft to me, which is really rewarding. Uh, whereas oftentimes the rest of life can be less rewarding <laughs> with the way our society is built. And it's nice to like see that both in the people I see in everyday life and like that I engage with online. Or when I go to events of like, oh, no, I spent three months building and painting this army and this terrain, and now I get to play a game with people. <laughs> like, it feels phenomenal. It's a, it's a big part of why I do this. Um, because, like, listeners, just putting this out there, we don't do this to get famous, or else the 300 subscribers on YouTube would be like, what? Like, we love getting more people on here, but really we do this to try to, like, connect with other people and engage with other people. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of share, like, what for us seems at least the average, like, hobbyist's perspective, not like a tailored gamer algorithmically video. optimal like yeah. yeah we want this to feel like you're in a game shop talking to some buds not you're at a tournament talking to somebody who's like you've never met and probably will never meet again there's nothing wrong with tournaments it's just different perspectives um 
which is, I think, ultimately what the hobby needs is all the perspectives being shown. This is just ours. Mm -hmm. And I think it also makes the show a little more enjoyable for John and I, because it doesn't feel like we have to, like, put on a character or something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, we do, but for different reasons. <laughs> some stuff we gotta tone down. Um, instead, it's just conversation, which I hope feels good, especially for people. I mean, obviously, like it's in the name. We are Kentucky Fried Wargaming. We both live in Kentucky. I'm born and raised in Kentucky, um, and I'm from Florida. So, like, it's really just like Kentucky with Gators. Um, equally never mind I'm gonna leave that one alone um but that means that like I am very aware of how difficult it is to find a place to play this game with people or even just like sit and connect with people in person depending on where you're at particularly if you're in a place that's pretty rural you might be SOL like you just you very well might be uh, and that yeah, I mean, sucks. Because, like, it's a thing we've talked about on the show before, but, like, the degradation of game stores, right? Like, there's less and less of them, uh, even though, like, gaming, like, tabletop gaming in general, like, D&D, board games, all that, is on the rise. And, yeah, there's some new stores opening up here and there that are, like, huge, big, colossal things, but they're consumerist in nature. They're not community-based third places in nature. Um and especially in rural areas, especially in non-metropolitan areas, those are becoming increasingly rare. For some po folks, it is untenable to drive two and a half hours to go to a game store and two and a half hours back. And so they might only play with one dude once a month. Or like, if that, they might just collect the miniatures and play them at tournaments because it's the only way that they can engage with it. Mm -hmm. um, and they're still missing that like community part. And we want to help provide that if we can. Yeah. Um, the, for me, because like the death of the game store is like a shame. It's a problem. Like it truly is. And for me, like that is a lot of my push is to like one, make these sound conversational so you can get the experience of a game store if you don't have one near you, especially if you're in a, you know, a rural place where you literally have no options to go do mm -hmm. that. So you can have that chat. Or secondarily, if you are somewhere where there are game stores near you, but you are socially isolated from them for mm -hmm. any number of reasons, that they don't align with you, or you don't feel safe there, they're dicks. Like, you know, there's options of why someone who maybe even has a game, a game store geographically close still might not be able to get these sort of chats, mm -hmm. these hangouts. Um, and if anything, that... Sounds like it would be feel even shittier in a unique way. Um, and we, yeah. like, I badly want these to exist for those people. So that y'all, for, you know, an hour a week or so, can have bad jokes and talks about a game while you paint your little toys. Yeah, and for y'all Britain listeners out there that seem to like us, you can just, you know, come listen to our funny Southern accents and be like, oh, silly Americans, it's great. <laughs> We've got biscuits and gravy, they're delicious. Your biscuits are just cookies. It's fine. Oh my God, Rich reached out. <laughs> uh, he had American biscuits for the first time. 
and I've got yeah. thoughts about it. And also, they really like American football, which I hope is the case because woohoo, Cincinnati's got Joe Burrow again this year. Like, uh, listen, like, okay, <laughs> sports ball, yeehaw, like, <laughs> John, killing me. Um, yeah, I just. I don't know. In terms of like thinking through what motivates me, that's a lot of it. It's just giving people a place to hang out and have these chats so you get an aspect of feeling a little pick me up or a little social, even if just for like an hour a week. And if I could provide that, well, then hell yeah, let's do that. Um, yeah. And much like you, I find it puts me closer to my hobby, which it, I think is just good. Um, and I. I have a number of hobbies I find, though, not all of them are equally fulfilling. Um, for example, like, I could sit down and play a video game, and depending on the game, I can just, like, tune out and play for a long time, and I get to the end, well, less anymore, but uh, I get to the end of that, like, play session and go, what the, did you get anything out of that? Like, why the hell did I just do that? Like, I just... I've now quit League of Legends, but like League of Legends was a game that did that to me quite a bit. Okay, you played for like three or four hours. How was it? And I, I got no fulfillment. I got nothing. I regretted it. I could have spent that time doing anything else and I'd have mm -hmm. felt more fulfilled. Uh, but when I do this hobby, whether that's like painting or building and stuff or playing games with people in person or like organizing events even though they're a pain in the ass to organize and like get people together and organize logistics and get people to respond to messages um that always feels worth it i never regret it i never get to the end of like painting a cool thing that allowed me to like disconnect and sort of be in this like meditative flow state and go wow i wish i did something else with that time <laughs> Or, wow, you spent a weekend with nice people and had everyone reconnect. You should have done something else. Like, it just, I never feel that here. Mm -hmm. And this keeps me in it to where I could have that realization, as I don't know if I would have otherwise. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, uh, the question always kind of comes up, especially with like older folks. They're like, well, like, what do you, like, if you didn't have a job, what would you do? I always have to work, or else if I, you know, if I didn't work, I'd go crazy. And my response is pretty much always, I'd love to not have to work for a living. Um, there's so many other things I would like to do. Uh, and when I think of those things, right? Like one of those things is painting more miniatures, right? I would want to paint. I would want to get better at painting miniatures. Mm -hmm. I would want to play these games more. Me and Joe keep making a joke that we would love if our day job could just be, if we wake up in the morning, we go get coffee. We talk about the games we're going to play. We click on some cameras and we play a bunch of games. God, what a fucking um, dream. It would be a dream. Uh, probably will never happen, but like, we'll see. We could dream big though. We can dream big. And like, it's like that. It's like writing a book. It's like, it's doing all these things. None of those are like, Hey, I'm going to play League of legends for 12 hours a day. Cause I did that during COVID. Like not League of legends specifically, but like, I don't know. Like I put in like 300 hours into like mech warrior online. It was fun with my buds when they were online, but there was a lot of it I was playing by myself. Destiny 2, I did the same thing. And like, yeah, I passed the time and that served a purpose at the time, but like, that's not fulfilling. Whereas like painting these miniatures, building lists to play against my buds, playing the games, yada, yada, yada. That is, it feels good. Mm -hmm. um, 
And not in a, like, oh, look at that, I'm addicted to this thing way, but in a, hey, like, this is what people do kind of way. Yeah, yeah. And for me, like, it's a thing I'm noticing more and more uh, as I am, like, unpacking some of my own shit in therapy and stuff. But uh, I think also is sitting across from someone at a table full of little plastic war dollies is similar to sitting next to a fishing pond or near a fire. There's a magical effect that occurs mm-hmm. that adds a, like a suit, like a weird, invisible, almost supernatural degree of separation where it can allow you to maybe connect with people in a way that you might not otherwise do. Mm-hmm. Like you know, even some talks that, could be hard for someone normally. I have sometimes found that across from a wargaming table when we're pushing around our little dolls, if I look at someone and go, hey man, like, have you been good? When I know every other time, they'd say, yeah, I'm fine. Maybe once. Hmm. I don't know, it's been kind of rough. And now we're having real good talks. Now it's game on. We're going to tackle this together. Toys. Uh, And I I love that. And ah, the show is just an extension of that for me. Uh, I don't know what that is. I'm sure someone who big brain smarter than me could figure it out. Because there are like a number of things that can do it. But... I have just found that little war dollies is one that can do it, and it's easier to set up than a fire pit. Uh, generally, yeah. Uh, the the other thing is that like you have these books, right? That you're going to read because you're into the game. Like it, it becomes all encompassing, and like the books touch on some of these emotions that a lot of people are going to make jokes about. They're going to be like, "Oh, blah, you like a big man with big feelings?" Yeah, dude. Like it's whatever. I mean, I. I think that's real cool, though. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like I the emotions. War. Hell portray- yeah, yeah. The like the Siege of Terra and like the Horse Heresy books have a lot of like really good emotional moments in them, and I don't feel any shame for that. Like, there's some people who are turbo into Lord of the Rings or turbo into the Bible, but like I'm like <laughs> turbo into the Horse Heresy and the Siege of Terra. Um, where it's got like it's got really good fables and stories and like emotional like things. To really kind of like push this idea, like it touches on emotions that are hard to just to like talk about with people, right? And there's enough emotions in those that like I've read the books, Joe's read the books, our other friends have read the books, and then we've gone, yeah. So like I uh I associate myself really well with this character, and they go, oh man, so that's your trauma. Cool. Let's talk about that. Like <laughs> doors kicked <laughs> and open. I'm happens. here. <laughs> Like, we invariably end up having the conversation about, like, oh, what Primark is each of our friends? Like, almost every time we get together for these wherever things. And we all talk about it, and, like, there's, like, without fail, there is somebody out there who's just like, uh, I am not this thing. And then they, like, they go and, like, do a bunch of research on that person, and they go, holy fuck, I'm this thing. <laughs> like, like, oh, yeah, like, how's that make you feel? Uh, I'm gonna figure that out. That's <laughs> like, one of the ways it brings down the wall. It just happened last time. Like, someone was like, no, I am X. No, you're not. It happened to you. You were like, oh, I'm not sanguineous. We're like, motherfucker. Like, motherfucker. You're sanguineous. And you're like, no. And then, like, a week later, you're like, all right. I I might have wings. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'd have to cut holes in my flannel. I don't know. For me, it stems from the problem of not being able to give myself a lot of credit. Like, how how the hell can I be the best goddamn boy? There's no way. That is that is the most sanguineous thing you've There's said today. No way I could be the best boy. <laughs> I have way too many struggles to be best boy. Um, yeah, so does he. Eh, uh, well, now I agree with that. Um, but I'm further in the books. Uh, but it's another way. I'm further than you in the books, and I think I'm right. <laughs> it's another way for someone to be like, no, it's X. I'm like, actually, man, like, I think that's kind of just like a persona you put up. But I think if we dig a little deeper, you're going to find it's Y. And here's my reasons. Uh, let's talk about that. And then we do. Uh, and again, it's just another way this game lets me do the thing that the podcast lets me do connect with people in an interesting way. Uh, and I would love to be able to keep doing it. Uh, mm -hmm. And now we're doing lore stuff. And I hope that that brings mm -hmm. in more people to help folks connect with. Because uh, I'm noticing the lore videos are getting a lot of traction. And I just like talking about them. So yeah, while we're upping our video output lately, it feels good and means more cool mm -hmm. people. Yeah, I think, like, when we both started this, we wanted it to stay fun and not, like, we're not trying to do it for money, right? But we've, we've both had the conversation. Um, like, the whole team's had the conversation. Of like, what would we do if we did get enough people for this to start making money? Um, and, like, I don't think that's on the horizon, but I think we all are kind of in agreement that if that were to actually happen, we would just, like, we actually love this thing. Like, we've done it for, like, three years now we would keep doing it. Like we would just be able to invest more into it. It's not like this idea of like, Oh, it's like a day job. Like, no, it's like a passion. Like we genuinely enjoy doing this. Um, there's effort there, but it's not like terrible. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh no, I have to do a thing. I like sometimes it means I gotta like <laughs> pull myself out of bed and put on pants. Oh no. Like, Oh no, what's an early morning alarm? Eh. Eh. But like... Worth it. You know, deal with it. Like, cool. Yeah. I get to enjoy doing this thing. I think the hardest... And yeah, it doesn't make... Go ahead. Uh, it does make money, but like, it might one day, but that's not the reason I do it. Mm -hmm. If it did, cool. Like, love y'all listeners. We're gonna keep putting stuff out. At no point are we ever gonna make content that is only paid... Yeah. Like never. Just never. If anything, we want to avoid paid content in general because we just want more people to be able to engage with it. I've got weird feelings about it. We have talked about opening a Patreon um, now that we've gotten to a quality of a point where I think it might be worth like charging very small amounts for optionally if people want extras and to support the show. Right. Um, but I don't want to ever lock stuff behind it that's like videos or anything like that. Just make it all extras. Um, <laughs> I also am not opposed to... We've done some discussions. Like People have talked about discords and wanting to hang out with other people who are similarly minded. And I think that'd be great. Um, maybe put that behind like the lowest $1 tier to like... Yeah. Bot gate the Patreon so that it's not just spammed with shitty, shitty bots the whole time, as happens in some other yeah. discords I have seen. Uh, yeah, like it's just trying to preserve the community aspect and not monetize it. Like we don't want to capitalize the show. We just 
want to improve it? And we only have a small amount of resources to work with? Because we all work day jobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, we got bills and stuff's expensive, man. Food ain't getting cheaper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, food prices don't count in the inflation calculations, John. Mm, cool. That's neat. Cool, 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 cool. Fucking, um, yeah, it just, there's stuff coming. I think for me, the the rough thing recently that kind of like uh, checked our motivation for the show to see like, all right, how much can you weather a storm was good God, y'all, the faction focuses. That was so much mm-hmm. work off the back end. Because but like, we couldn't pre-record any of them because of the way they dropped meant we had to do them all stacked on top of each other. And boy, howdy. What a, yeah, was a time. But it also like gave us a moment where we, like me and Joe had an epiphany moment, where we sat down on a Saturday and we were going to crank out like seven videos or something like that. And we had most of the, during the work, we'd done it. Like after the work and we were already to eat dinner and like, we're like, oh, we're like, all right, let's fucking do it. We we do it and we're like, all right, cool. We did a couple. We're gonna go like crash. Um, and then Saturday morning, we both got ourselves coffee and we sat down. We shot the shit for an hour and then recorded the first video. Shot the shit for a little bit more, like about the next video, the next video, and went back and forth. And by the end of it, we had gotten like six done, and we were like, wow, that was fun. Like that was actually engaging. None of that sucked. That all felt great. And we were like, we could do that every day. Easy. Like we could do that every day. Like, we, like if that was the actual job we did, that would be fulfilling. That would be engaging. Um, yeah. I think the hard part is that we were putting in roughly like six hours a day recording. Because mm-hmm. you had to like read every faction and then make your notes about them and your thoughts about them. And then compile show notes and like then actually record and then do that for every single faction. So mm-hmm. like it's about six hours a day and we did it for six days, seven days. Um and six hours of work when you've already pulled like an eight or nine hour work day starts to feel like a lot. <laughs> uh, but Saturday was eye opening. Just so yeah. much, World. so much less taxing. Yeah. And it was, I don't know, it became, I think that's where it solidified for me, at least, like as like a real dream to aspire to of like, what if we could do this? all like to a big scale <laughs> like because we would love to continue making bigger and bigger stuff we just gotta get there because um, like we know there's a lot to improve right like we've had people ask about battle reports we'd love to can't right now like like logistically don't have the equipment yeah, I wish. don't have the equipment we don't have like the time because there's a lot of time that goes involved with that um that's something that we would pretty much be having to at least do like part-time jobs and then part-time show in order to be able to do mm-hmm. um, like working full-time and trying to pump out those in addition to the normal stuff we're doing would be really hard. Um, but we can like work our way towards that with like lore videos and more stuff and yet yeah, covering more things and getting into it and like doing all that. Uh, but yeah, it's it's like an aspiration thing now, which is fun. And if we don't ever get there, we don't ever get there. It's going to be fun regardless. Like, this is not a do or die. This is a, wow, this is going to be just fun to try. It could be good. Could be good. Um, 
For me, I really enjoy the lore videos and looking forward, like we've kind of talked about how it started and how we feel about it, and, but like, for me looking forward, I would like to do more narrative stuff. I mean, like now we are going to do lore videos, which is narrative and cool. Love that. Yeah. Because I love lore. I'm, I love stories at heart. It's my bane. Um, and I think for me, eventually, I would like to share more stories, but I don't know in what form that will happen, but using the channel to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be creating sort of like a Vox oraculum sort of deal and just sharing it in both places, trying to like write a little short story and have it voice acted and put it out and see how that goes. Uh, or maybe writing a whole ass novel and trying to publish it. And then maybe just using the show as a way to get it to more people. Um, I, don't, I continually, my, my brain just spins a bunch of stories. And I would like to maybe find a way to share them. That's my like. All I'm saying is Yeehaw Titanfall is a hell of a story. Uh, I just don't know if it works in Warhammer. Because especially for a novel. Because licensing and stuff. I mean, don't do Warhammer then. Do I, I think I would have to slightly sidestep, but I think that energy, though, could be kept in its entirety while avoiding some of the Warham's weirdness. Mm-hmm. Big robot book. Big robot book. Redneck robot um, book. Re- big redneck, redneck robot book. Oh, that's that's a hard I play bass for redneck robots. It's goddamn it. Alright. Um... <laughs> But yeah, this has just been us just kind of shoot the shit for our 100th episode. Um, genuinely surprised we've been here. Uh, there's been multiple times we've almost given up, uh, and then we moved past it. And I think this is not going to end anytime soon. Like, we're locked in now. This is just a part of our lives now. It's a so habit. For you guys, you guys have been listening since the beginning. Um, thank you for sticking around. If you're newer... Uh, really excited to have you. Uh, you know, Joe's normally the person who says it, but I'm going to say it. If you have any sort of critique, comments, concerns, ideas, throw them our way. Uh, we are very conversational. We don't want you to feel like you are an outsider, uh, even if you're new. Say what you like, you don't like, you can be harsh. It's fine. Like, it's the internet. Um, we have email. Do you have comment section on YouTube? Uh, we have a Twitter. It's X now. I don't know. It's like Vin Diesel's in charge of it, I guess. I don't, I don't fucking know what's going on there. But yeah, you can reach out to us on there. I'm the one on Twitter. Uh, Joe's got an Instagram where he posts most of his work. Um, yeah, just come find us. Interact with us. We uh, we love having you here. And uh, for those of you who have reached out to the show, you are part of the reason we are able to keep going and we really appreciate you. Huge morale boost. I cannot say how much. It's so nice. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Joe, do you want to do our traditional sign-off? I will. I will. Because the last time I let you handle a sign-on or sign-off, it was a disaster. Oh, I butchered it. Yeah. We appreciate y'all. Uh, We hope you stick with us for the next 100, and uh, we will have a rambly thought at 200. For now, it's been all of our opinions, bona fide, and Kentucky Fried. We'll see you on the next one.